This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I am unashamed. What about you? So, Jace, I was when I was down at the my Southern Lair um, last week, I had this surprise text from your oldest son and daughter-in-law that said they were coming down there with some friends. And um, were we that down there? Because they were wanting to play golf. And I was like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm here. I, I won't be here but another day or two. So I wound up not playing golf. But what, what interesting about it is they played golf where we always play at Peninsula. The Peninsula. The Peninsula. And he had, they had a young couple with them, I think, that are about to get married. Or maybe they just got married. I missed out. But they work with Brighton. But it was really neat because, you know, the Kirby's were there with us. And so, you know, they hadn't really been around Reed since he's, you know, gotten older and matured as any person yeah. will do. So he's talking about all his business. Stuff. And I was watching Randy listening to your son and, and he was looking at me like, who is this person? You know, it's interesting. He's still thinking of Reed at 18 years old. I mean, uh, Reed is a man that knows how to, he's building a business. You yeah. know, he's building I, a house. I didn't know you were going to tell that. I didn't even know that happened, but I figured I, you didn't. I saw I Kirby, uh, Within the week, a few days ago, and he said, "Boy, your your son's really doing well." And I was, I was thinking, how does he know how my son's doing? Yeah, but what I didn't know is that your your daughter in law plays golf, and so did her little friend. So it was the her these other two people were nurses, and so they all went and played golf. But apparently, she's were, pretty good. Oh yeah, that's what yeah. they were saying, which really yeah. surprised me. I didn't know. Power. That. I mean, I was shocked first time I saw her play. She can smoke it. Yeah. Yeah, well, they, yeah. So and Reed's were, really helped. Reed Reed is naturally gifted in golf with just power and finesse. I'm not sure how that happened, but well, it's, he got it's, a lot of the athletic gene that came down, I guess, through dad. And, well, look, as a dad, I'm super proud of him, but it's also demoralizing <laughs> when your son steps up there and hits it about three thirty <laughs> effortlessly, <laughs> and I'm up there thinking. You know, old age, you're thinking old age is creeping in. Yeah, I hit it down there about two fifty down the middle, but still, it just the power. It's just ridiculous. Well, Jace is still in that mindset, Dad, that he hadn't realized that he's beyond competing with the youth. You know, that's you know, just, like I'm seventy five. Somebody said, "Man, what happened to your left arm?" Hey, you know, the muscle. Oh, said, here we oh, go. Bu- We're back on that <laughs> arm. I said, "Bunch of it all turned and went that way." You know. What do you do about it? I said, oh, guys, said, oh, let it ride. You're going to get a new arm in heaven. You yeah. know what's interesting? The last time I played golf, which has been a while, I was out at the Squire, mm, and right. uh, we were playing with a buddy of mine who lives in Dallas. Now, he was coming in town, so we went DB? to play DB. Oh, yeah. And, he uh, invited me. He, he's actually, you know, just a stud also. Mm-hmm. So we're on about, I don't know, 14 or 15, number 14 or 15. It's really hard course, but we were just enjoying the morning. It was nice catching up. Well, uh, here comes a golf cart, which I thought we had done something. Because you, you have know, a history. I have a history with golf courses. <laughs> and a, a and nice a, golf courses. This reprimands yeah. come yeah. often. Here we go. Because <laughs> I'm looking at DB, and he's like, Do, are they with you? I was like, no, I have no people here. So I don't know who this is coming. Because it was like they were on a mission. Well, Closer he got, he's like, oh, no, that's Sam. And uh, turns out it was Sam Burns, who's a professional golfer, who just won yesterday his first tournament. Really? Of course, this is three or four weeks ago. He was practicing out there, but he knows DB. He went to LSU. And uh, it was surreal because yesterday I didn't watch the golf or anything, but I was just seeing the day's events. And I'm like, I just talked to that guy. I just (laughs) met that guy. He was out practicing. And now he wins his first PGA Tour, so congrats to him. Oh, that's awesome. And, yeah. It was like the time we were out there playing and uh, David Toms was out there practicing because he was about to go to the British Open. And Mm -hmm. so we were out there like we were hitting balls and we go over because we know him and he's hunted with us. So we went over talking to him and said, yeah, I'm just trying to, you know, just to go to the Open next week. And I was like, 
it's surreal to me too because you're like this guy's fixing to you know travel yeah. over there and play in a major. Well, I mean, I did thought, he win it? I don't know. Uh, I don't. Think, I don't think he's ever won. The, yeah, he's won one. Maybe that's he the won one the PGA. Oh, okay. he, he won the PGA. That's when he hit that's a hole in one or something with a with five a five wood. wood yeah. yeah. No, but this guy. But I noticed these these guys are physical specimens. You know, yeah. they they now the workout. His legs look like two tree trunks. Yeah. I, I just noticed that. So what's and, the, by the way? I just I'm not a golfing man. Never, 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 never <laughs> fool with it. But people are going to find that. So shocking. what's the what's the optimum age when they seem to kind of get it all together? It's what, gotten younger. When, when say, do you when do you get over the hill? Be a nice here, yeah. Because I don't want to offend anybody. But when do you say, reach a level years wise where you say, you know what, you know, once you hit, is it forty? Is it? Oh yeah, forty five. Yeah. Uh, it's before forty. The prime is twenty five to thirty five. Yeah. When you say, yeah, and it's getting younger all the time. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Well, this guy's maybe 23, 24. Yeah. So what you're saying, know. Jay, this is this golf is a young man's game. Well, it is because they're hitting the ball. They're young and strong. And yeah. Well, and Arnold Palmer and well, here's what here's all what all these guys they got you know they were still hanging around. Yeah, but here's in what changed. 50s. Well, here's what changed. 60s in the in the old days of golf. You go back and watch you know early coverage when they had you know because it goes back before TV. You know it was kind of older fat white guys that were playing golf. Nobody was really in shape. That's right. You know? Oh, yeah. And so, but that all has changed. They weren't known for their athletic prowess. These guys could probably... They were known like for, you know... Well, they could hit the ball. Well, Tiger Woods changed all that. Yeah, I guess that's Which my wife, shockingly, told me she watched that... There's some show out about him or something. Yeah, there's like a documentary. She thought it was enlightening. So what you're saying is, if you you had to give a, a news flash... To Tiger Woods, basically, Tiger, your years. They well, he just had a car wreck. You don't want to say it's over, but you, uh, well, actually, he had. How do you coach a man to say now? You hope your earnings that you've made in the past will sustain you for the next few years, but it's, I don't think that's going to be <laughs> a, problem, a problem. It reminds me of that country song. I'm on the backside of forty. <laughs> I want, you know, once you hit 40, I mean, I think they know. Well, I'll put it this way, but, Dad. The oldest major age for a major winner was Jack Nicholas at 46. I mean, yeah. That's the oldest That's one. That's the oldest in the well, history Tom of golf. Watson, Tom Watson should have at 63. The year Stuart Sink won, won the Open, which I felt sorry for him because he seems like a nice, He's really a nice, nice guy. guy. Yeah. I mean, his wife had had cancer. It's an incredible story. He, he just won. Three or four weeks ago at Hilton Head. I mean, I have no malice, none, for any golfer. I'm, but I'm just trying to kind of get a picture of it. I yeah. played one round, and when asked, so what do you think? I'm like, I think this would be a lot of fun yep. if you were good at it. Yeah, and but I remember if you're not good at it. I said this is a nightmare. You actually yeah. hit the ball pretty good for somebody that's never played. I remember you teed one up in the yard and hit it across the river. I was shocked, you know. <laughs> Just hand-eye coordination. You can't, you know. But you got to remember these guys. It's like Bubba, who we're friends with, said one time. You know, when he won the Masters for the second time, he's like, "Hey, all I could, all I got to do now, the rest of my career, is show up and wave." <laughs> so I'm saying, I like his his thinking process. I mean, he's like that because you win the Masters once. What? It's lightning in a bottle. Yeah, you win it twice. You're showing up. So what and you're do they waiting. pay? So so it's the uh, uh, it's it's not only what you get that day. Yeah, but what do they pay you if you win the thing? A million, two, two million for the Masters. Two million. million. Okay, that's but, a pretty good. But, well, you but not really. You give half of it to the government. So how much you well, give? All you these know, companies and their well, golf. It's, no, it's it's titleless. It's oh, uh, that's where they're making the money. All, all these right, guys. Money. It's it's but all. Phil, these people are not worried about money. But what I do like is when, like, Dustin Johnson. Were they rich kids to start with, or some of them were? Some of them were. Right off the street. But some of them Bubba wasn't. You know? Yeah. Bubba was very humble. Pensacola, Florida. I mean, you know, he had a very humble. Well, last last year uh, when Dustin Johnson won the Masters, people were shocked because he's he's Mr. Stud, and his demeanor is always cool. And Well, he got choked up when he won the Masters, and people were surprised because they were like, you know, here's a guy who's got millions of dollars. He's he's dating some supermodel or 
You know, it's like he don't care what happens, but it choked him up. They were like, "Was he choked up?" Well, you know, it, it was the Masters. I mean, it's it's more than words, if about you win, money. If you win some of these contests, the supermodels they they come with that. that <laughs> well, yeah, I know that that's is that considered like a fringe benefit? I mean, <laughs> well, I learned that from our TV career because I'm like, whoever this woman is, I was looking for the treble hook. <laughs> Because I thought, <laughs> if she's interested in me, guess what? <laughs> Jace, always have uh, uh, That's scary, moral scary. benefits of wisdom and uh, the wayward woman. Be careful, Jace, when you get a warning against the adulterers. Read Proverbs, Proverbs 7. Read Proverbs it. 7 and to keep these golfers in line. I love it. Well, I think the older I'm getting, the less I'm playing golf and the more I'm digging in the dirt because <laughs> I just, I've developed. It's much safer. Just I've to... developed, anybody that's a golf guru out there, I've developed the pitching yips. And I actually asked Sam when I met him, I was like, I, I, I'm, I, got, the, I got the pitching yips. Well, I, where I, do you need to and, get... <laughs> so that you reach a level where people are not laughing at you for what you're doing, because I well, could, that's what I they're think, doing. I the think in golf, you could be laughed at, literally laughed off the well, course you if to, you're not careful. You have to laugh yeah. at yourself if you know you're not going to be very good. Well, once I you, see them throwing, you know, they they do something and a bad move. I don't know enough about golf to know when it was a bad move, but. When they make a bad move, they like either break a very expensive uh, <laughs> stick, yeah. or they sling it out in the pond. So well, I'm listen thinking, to this. That in the last, I mean, I've been thinking it's pretty expensive. Yeah, to there's play. an interesting story. I know what. To, I yeah. Know what well, you're... my funniest, the funniest story I've ever seen. I can't remember his name, but uh, who was that guy? When he took the putter and he just started banging it on his head until he yeah, broke it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I've watched some of that. Woody, the antics, Woody Austin was Woody his Austin, name. Yeah. The but, antics uh, tell me a lot. I don't. I don't want to fool with that. You know, when you're beating look, your own head with your golf club, look, I'm thinking Dude. there was a South Korean in the Masters that just just got played. He was like three or four under on day two, and he's on number 15. And, of course, the greens at the Masters are ridiculous. And he three putts. And the pressure and, and he, the pressure yeah, begins to he, mount. But he's like four under on the day. So I mean, he's, he, right, he's in right yeah, there. Yeah, he, he goes over, and he's right by the pond because, they, of course, you know, the media, they it's slow motion because he three putted. He went over, and he took that putter, and he just slammed it like a quick jab into the ground. Well, it broke. And so now in the in the PGA Tour, how do you get another real, club in a hurry? Well, no, you, it's you against the rules. You can't. If you break your club, so look this guy, which it doesn't matter because you would think, oh no, what's he gonna do? He's going to use his three. He wood. putted with his three wood, and look, and putted well. I mean, yeah. it wasn't like he was like like if so I had missing any putt. I mean, if I had to putt with my three wood. You know, add ten strokes to my score. I mean, because I. Yeah. But I you're can, speaking a language three wood, but as opposed to what four. But wood? I can, I can. I don't as opposed to a putter, you. Know, I mean, I can putt with my a three putter. Wood. I'm is actually for pretty putting. good at it. A three wood, you hit it about. I hit my three wood about two forty. I am completely no. ignorant of the game of golf. <laughs> That's probably a good thing. So what I was gonna say this. I had before we. You want to take a break? Yeah, let's take a break. I'm sure you guys don't know this, um, but you can increase your credit score by 97 points if you know how to get it, And which I found this out because we had to make a loan, and so we needed a higher credit score. You guys probably don't borrow a lot of money these days. But ScoreMaster, it's a new credit science that super boosts your credit score. Um, their average is 61 points in 20 days. Uh, and I think that's about what it raised ours, which was very helpful to get a lower interest rate for your loan. So that's kind of the idea behind the science of it. And that's the, the deal. They're just, they've come up scientifically with an algorithm just, just bumps it up. So it helps you save money over the long haul. If you need this, if you own a business, having to take out some sort of a small business loan, these guys can help you check them out. Uh, ScoreMaster puts you in control of your finances and not the banks. Just takes a few minutes to enroll. Scoremaster.com slash Phil. That's scoremaster.com slash Phil and bump up your credit score. Before we give some ideas and thoughts on Romans, because that's where we're, we're headed, 
I had a really uh, a, a great occurrence happen uh, Saturday, which we've been metal detecting in this place where there's there was an old plantation house. It's a couple of hours away, you know, from my house. Well, then the neighbor, I told you the story, who had had a cleft palate, he gave me a check for the Mia Moo fund, you know. So, yep. well, we were going back there Saturday. Well, we got there. Well, the original place we went, they were removing some trees. And to to a metal detector, when you dis, disturb the ground, there's opportunity here. Because yep. you are our, our where mind, there's a carcass, the vultures yeah. will gather. So look, this guy, uh, old Bob, I looked up. He's he he's he's almost running. He's an older gentleman, but he's like, they they're disturbing the ground. You know, <laughs> come over here. Because when I got I got there late, I didn't even know where they were. And oh, dude, these, all these people are calling me today. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I go over there. I, I and if it's somebody famous, just answer it, and we'll put them on the bucket. And, and I stepped ten feet into the new dirt, and bloop, 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 and I dug up a seeded Liberty dime, eighteen seventy six, that looked like it just came out of the. Mint. 1876. 1876. Beautiful. That dime had been in the ground a long time. So what I was going to tell you. I wonder who dropped it. So Murray wasn't feeling well. You know, he's my right-hand man, and he's going to be, we're going to, on this show that we're going to do, which they said for me not to talk about it, but I said, wait a minute, unashamed. (laughs) why are you talking about it? Because it made me angry. I haven't signed anything yet, so I'm like, it's a free country. (laughs) <laughs> Unashamed Nation started this. That's right. I mean, I said, let's do a poll. If you want to do the show, let's do the show. And they're like, oh, everybody's scared, you know. <laughs> oh, we don't want to. We don't want to what? We're, we're going to do a pilot episode. And if the network, which I won't name, like likes it, then we'll do more so, shows. So but you, we're getting close to to that happening. So you were given a gag order, which you're now defying. I'm defying because I thought Unashamed Nation built this. So Plus, deep in your heart, Jace, you don't have to have this. Exactly. <laughs> and, and number two, Robertson's don't like to be told what to do. Well, I'm like... Wait a minute. We haven't even signed anything yet. Why Why are you telling me not to talk about it? These are my, I'm bringing these people I with me. They you, caused this. I would think you would want the secret to sort of be made manifest. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with these people. <laughs> so they all sit in a room and they're like, That's right. don't say a word. I'm like, there's no crime that has been committed. I get it if you're a criminal and you go in there because the more you talk, the digger the the deeper the hole. But the the holes that I'm digging has nothing to do with a crime. These people gave me permission. We're gonna do a show about it. We need to figure out a point to the show. Yeah, you gotta have a point. that. What's the point? But they say some of the most famous shows are about nothing. Well, Seinfeld so, made a whole career the show about nothing. I think we're into that count. <laughs> so anyway, I was going to tell you about the hunt, though, because I learned a valuable lesson. Because and, and look, this is a confession of sorts. Usually, you know, we're talking about the Bible and and we're trying to you know change the world in Jesus, make it a better place. But every once in a while, you realize that you're you're doing something that could be done better. And so I'm going to have a little bit of a confession here. And I got to appreciate Murray. So Murray doesn't feel good, but I found this half dime and old Bob finds a diamond ring, gold with three diamonds. Wow. And I'm like, oh my goodness. I mean, we're cackling. <laughs> and so we send Murray, we're like, you sh- how, does this make you feel better? He's like, I'll be there in two hours. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's, I didn't so, realize it, the treasure hunting, what you're doing with a thing, it's medicinal. Oh, yeah. It warms the soul. It has a healing quality. It warms the soul. So we're, so Murray finally gets there. And, and uh, of course, they're just disturbing the dirt everywhere. It looks like a bomb. You know, hit this place. They're moving. But that's your, that's your, that's oh, we're loving. It's new ground. We're finding different things, you know, and every, well, Murray kind of went off in, in the new ground that we hadn't gone on this property. 
and I hear a sound like I thought it was somebody in pain, and it's Murray, and I'm and they were like kind of running toward him because there was four of us, you yeah. know, together. Go over there. That Joker finds a silver, a Spanish real, and and the the dates that they made that were 17 i think it was 1773 to like 1782 wow and you can only see the 17 because the the back two numbers but you know it was in that time period which look this is from spain they only made it less than 10 years and he finds one in louisiana are you kidding me (laughs) this is like the holy grail for metal all i can think of is (laughs) cha-ching Well, listen to this. This is where I'm going with this story. So, he, and he caused such a ruckus, and they're hollering, taking pictures. Well, the couple who owned the house, they're like coming up. What? What happened? You know, what's going on? And you Murray, found that on my land. Look, Murray, without hesitation, no hesitation. I mean, he's literally ten minutes in it, and he's like, "I want y'all to have this." This is y'all's land. This is this is an awesome find, you know. Well, old Bob was like, Murray, what are you doing? I mean, we'll give them a collection of, of the other. <laughs> Let's give them the diamond ring. Like, no, it means more to, for me to be able to give give you this. And boy, I, I don't know. That just, it just hit me. He was literally filled with joy to give it to him. It makes and, me glad to know. That yeah. I converted him to Christ. That's exactly right. Oh, it was awesome. So, Which well, I, tells me, and he's always has been, as you know, a very generous man. That's right. He really is. And it is their land, technically. Because Missy was like, I was telling her the story. She was like, well, shouldn't you do that anyway? I was like, well, yeah, babe. But it's like when you get a new car, you want to enjoy it for four or five days before you turn around and give it away. I mean, there's a, there's a period in there where you're like showing your friends. I was like, his first response was, Look how awesome this thing is. Yep. Here, you take it. So Did what, they take it? Yeah, but they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they'll I think when they realize <laughs> what it is, this what? is a conversation piece for your you know, you put this on a on How a, old are these people? Are they I older? Would say no, they're I would say mid thirties. Oh, say they know that so or they could look up on the internet and find out what it's worth and then say, hmm. Because some people, you know, I mean, if you don't well you save all your stuff because you're not doing it for the money. But I mean, right. if something was super valuable and you could get some money for it. I don't it. know. It's not in great condition, so I'm not sure you could it's worth a lot okay. of money, you know. But it's worth a lot to somebody. So, you know, whatever it's worth is what you can get for a collector or whatever. But, well, you know, the it's next just question, so cool The next question would be. What's it doing there? This was made in Spain. Yeah. Who yeah. traveled over here with that in his pocket? Well, well you got to remember, though, it's the, Sp- the Spanish flag did fly over Louisiana for that's a correct. period of time. Well, that's the connection. Because, yeah. look, the Spanish came before the French. Yeah, they were So, back you know what happens when this kind of thing happens? Well, now we're all over there. You talking about like a bunch of vultures, yeah, in that area. <laughs> but you, so we're trying to ask like a good fishing hole. When somebody starts catching fish, every boat's well. Is- we usually show some respect, but when you find a silver Spanish rat, oh, we're we're like a foot from the hole, just going the round vultures, and round. The vultures have gathered, looking for the coins. Everybody's coin shoulder to shoulder now. Yeah. <laughs> so. Anyway, we so we branch out from there. Well, then we find we start finding different things from an old uh, Civil War camp. They camped right there, which we didn't even know. Because all of a sudden, I found a bullet. Then a guy found uh, Bob found a button that had an eye on it, which was an infantry button. I mean, he was going crazy, you know. Which I wasn't familiar with it, but evidently it was a great find. Well, then I find this little flat button that had a cannon on it, which was the, you know, he was like, oh, that's the armor, you know, division of the, what, he was just spitting all this out. Murray is quite the historian in this. In this. Oh, area. yeah. And they were, it was a great, you know, just day. It was one of the best hunts I've ever So I got a on. question about that, but let's, let's take a break. So this is a timely uh, sponsor ad for what we talked about in the last podcast, uh, it's a it's a fairly new one for the for our Unashamed podcast, and it's called Fast Growing Trees. 
And uh, we, we talked a lot about trees. Of course, one of the things that's interesting, and we ordered some some trees, by the way, Lisa and I did, from Fast Growing Trees for our house and some plants. And uh, they're amazing. They came, they when they shipped them, they came in the boxes. Everything was intact, That you know, no issues with, you know, when it shows up at your house. Because sometimes you order stuff, you get your house that's halfway destroyed by the time it gets there, especially live stuff. They do a great job of that. We've got them in the ground, uh, so we don't see how fast they grow, but that's one of their claims. And so it's uh, we're excited about getting it. We, you, we want you to try it. You get a 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, which means they arrive happy, healthy, and ready for planting. And I can attest that that is true. So through June 30th, if you go to fastgrowingtrees.com slash unashamed, you're going to get 15% off. 15% off for fastgrowingtrees.com slash unashamed. That's fastgrowingtrees.com slash unashamed. Get you some trees. So do you, was was Murray and Bob, were they already historians and then they got then they got into this? Or did this drive them into being a historian? They I, were historians first. Okay. They, their love for history is what, what drew them to it. See, like with me, it's different. I don't know history very well. At all, and your lack of educational prowess has been a consistent theme on this. I was podcast. street smart. I, I mean, I made it through most of my school smoking mirrors because I wasn't paying attention. Because I don't like being trapped indoors. When you trap me indoors, I start feeling claustrophobic and I can't concentrate. So when the teacher was talking, I was looking outside at a squirrel chasing Plus, a hickory you, you nut. are the man that said, Dad, I've, I've, I've learned how to get through this whole thing. Yeah. And I said, how, how, how do you do it, Jace? Jace said, I can be looking at the speaker with my eyes open, <laughs> but I'm actually sound asleep. I, I, I am said, proud I said, of that. That would be a good skill. I'm proud set. of that skill set. Well, yeah. I did. I helped Jace. He says in his book, he he, he rightly uh, gives me credit for getting him through preaching school. But for those of you who hadn't heard this on the podcast, if you're a new listener, we we talked about this a while back. That Jace's college career consisted of golf and first aid was the two courses he took at our local college. My first semester, yeah. His first semester. And he had, so, and, so at this point in his life, <laughs> he, he did not have a goal to be reached. No. So, but he thought, I give him credit, he went out there. He golf took, and what? He, and golf and first aid. Golf and first aid. Because he figured those were two things he liked and needed. So, But he dropped out. So, so I'm saying is, you know, when you can't really get through golf, and we aid, wonder what happened to the country. You're probably not a college man. I mean, you well, know. me and the professor had a little bit of a disagreement in the first aid class, and it escalated quickly. And I just said, you know what? I'm not doing it. <laughs> and it was actually over a spiritual conversation because I'm like, this is first aid. And this guy comes in here and, and starts pontificating on all the problems of the world. And, and I didn't agree with him. And I just, I raised my hand. And so I was like, what are we doing? What's this got to do with first aid? <laughs> and it just, well, from there, it, I thought... Uh, I, I'm not. And then so, this led to the conversation. He was part of the narrative that what they say is the author of life is salt water. That's where. That's well, you got to remember this, Phil. And you know what? What he would say to that? Will you believe the author of light is dirt? Created so, this from dirt. No. Well, I, I no, because we believe the, we came from dirt. Well, right, right. So you see what I mean? Yeah. It, it's the, the, well, he was that type of conversation. I believe if you're the author of life, you could take dirt and well, breathe right. into it. That's my point. And because of your power over the atomic structure of all things, you could actually make human beings out of dirt. <laughs> That's right. Or a rib. Yeah. But so, they don't have somebody taking the salt water and doing that. That's they right. just, have salt water. I think believing there's a being that can make humans out of dirt is no far fetched <clears throat> than people who believe no salt water actually made us. I'm like, yeah. Well, well I was just you clarifying. hold on to that. I'll hold on to this. Well, and the big question this has got payoff, but yours does not. The big question of that is, and we've talked about this with evolution before too, is we still got salt water, and 
I'm not seeing it produce a lot of stuff except things are swimming around. Now it. you got to give it time. There in a million years. Yeah, not enough time. Yeah, I got somehow it. another this all evolved and happened and then it stopped. It's it's the craziest. But I don't, you know, good luck. You need it. <laughs> so I, to get back to my point, the hunting aspect drew me in. But I have to thank Murray because when I saw that, I thought, you know what, I need I. This, you need got to keep this in perspective because you find this stuff and you think it's cool and you start a collection and it it starts growing and but all you're gonna do is put it in a box somewhere and it's just stuff even though it's cool history to find it because it was lost but it does and tell a story it tells a story but you should you should use it to find true tr- treasure which is more about the relationships and the people that you meet so one of my neighbors out by where we have our bed and breakfast and the wedding venue place at Logtown. That can, I, by the way, that continues to produce you finest stuff. After as much as oh, you yeah. find it, you still find stuff. Well, one of my neighbors, they had uh, an old cotton gin there, and I went and asked them if I could hunt it. Well, I, I did and didn't find anything but modern stuff. So, But I was looking at the trees in his yard, and I was like, I mean – if I was going to have a place, even though I'd looked on the maps and it didn't show anything, it just looked like an old house used to be there. I said, do you mind if I checked that out? Well, I checked it out. Oh, yeah. There was old bricks. And so I start finding stuff. So what I did was, based on what Murray did with giving that them, I, I made a, uh, I took one of these glass case boxes because I've been hunting there at my neighbor's four or five times. Well, he don't, because I tried to give him the first silver coin I found, which was, I think it was an 1898 dime. And he's like, no, no, you keep that. But through the times I've gone now, I've got quite the little collection. I found an old spark plug. Looks like, I don't know when the first spark plug was made, but it was in that range. I mean, it is cool looking. And not really on its own. And I found this welfare token. I didn't even know we had welfare tokens, but at some stage, that's what it said. It it looked like a, because I found them before that said luxury tax token, but this was like welfare, good for one. It was a $1. You could go to a store, I guess. And, I didn't know the welfare system went back that far. <laughs> I didn't either. But well, that They was, were giving away money back before yeah, I knew they were giving away money. It's kind of sadly comical when I saw <laughs> that. I there. thought, oh, boy. <laughs> but a dollar so, could go a long way back in them days. Well, that's right. And uh, and then I took my two best coins because I thought, I put this from a spiritual light. I thought, it's the same way we do with giving you know, to God. It's yeah. all his anyway. But we should give him the best, you know, off the top. And first. And I thought, this is their land. They've allowed me to go. Now, granted, they're not going to find this stuff without me. Or, you know, they're not. most of these people, they don't care anything about getting into metal detecting. But I thought, you know, I'm going to make a little display and give it to them. I think I, I worded, I wrote him a note. I was like, allow me to reward your hospitality with a bit of history. And, you know, I signed it. I put a good Bible verse there, Luke 15. Yes, you really are a poet. That was very poetic. That was a good way to put it. Well, I thought that sums up what's happening here. But then the friendship that I made is worth more than this stuff we're finding. But it's good. I like it because I'm a million miles away. It's beautiful. You know, it's something. It's a good hobby. And uh, so what's funny about all that, I say all this, when Murray, the last part of this story, so now – our adrenaline got to pumping now because now we're finding, we're like, it's a camp. We're on a campsite. And we started finding different buttons and the guy found the end of a bayonet. And, you know, we found another, this was a something for a knapsack. And, you know, Bob's telling us what everything is. I found this triangle thing and he's, that's this. And we found a harmonica reed and we're just finding all these different kinds of, of buttons. And so like the pace is, picking up and we're going down to where they've been clearing and so you're trying to find new ground and i'm like in the at the edge of the lake now it's like boy they probably and i took a step and i stepped on a snake and let me tell you all the adrenaline and all i just saw was the head pop up you know and turn around toward me and it was like one of those moments where you black out and I looked up, and I was 20 feet away, and I don't remember how I got there. I don't black out when I see a head of a snake. 
Well, I did. I, I literally had an either I jumped twenty feet backwards, or I just I don't remember what happened. I went from there, and they were they were all looking like what? I was like a snake. I stepped on a snake. <laughs> I stepped on a snake. I don't know if it's poison. So one of the guys went, went and he's still just sitting there. And I was like, non-poisonous. We're good. And I heard whack. <laughs> like, well, you didn't have to do that. I mean, but it scared him enough. <laughs> People don't but, hey, let's take another break. People don't like snakes. Well, didn't you no. didn't you have a story? Wasn't there a story from your, I don't know if y'all were kids or whatever, when Tommy, y'all were picking blackberries and uh, i just remember something about somebody doing a super it was a it was a lesson in adrenaline yeah because he's below me on a on a bayou bank and and we're picking dewberries how are you so we're we're 13 okay 14 all right so we're moving along this bayou bank picking dewberries so he takes a step, and I'm I'm up on the higher bank, like the bank's like this. I'm up here on the top. He's down there at the bottom. Well, there's an old bayou down there. Well, I just look down there, and he's looking down at the dewberries picking. Yeah. But there are two cotton-mouthed Mexicans lying there with their head kind of raised up out of the water like that. And, like, look, they're like this. Wow. They're big as the upper part of your arm. These were a big cottonmouth. And I just looked down. I said, cottonmouth, Tommy. And then he was just fixing to step on them. So he was on one leg, on the left leg at the bottom. He was taking a step with his right, which is going to go right in the right in the jaws of a huge. <laughs> there were two of them. But the one, and the one opened his mouth. He just opened. I saw his mouth open. That's what Tommy's, got your attention. Tommy's foot, you, I got my attention. I looked down there and I saw a flash. Well, that was that cotton mouth opening his mouth, you know, fangs. I mean, he Tommy's is this close, his right foot coming down on him. If you're listening, that was about so six He's inches. on his left leg. He looks down and sees he's fixing to stomp on a bull Congo. He makes a leap. He just, and he just comes up the bank off the one leg. He comes up the bank. Way further than any leap I've ever seen. So he just—it's a miraculous leap. But the, at first, but it was just an adrenaline rush. But I bet him when he hit the ground in front of me, you know, closer to me, the snakes eased off out in there. I said, "I bet you, I got a bet." He said, "What's that?" I said, "I'm betting you, you can't do that again. You can't jump that high." He said, "Oh, I jump that high." He got down there where he was. The snakes are gone. He could make it about halfway. That's it. He, the old adrenaline. T- typical redneck. That's you almost it. died, but I have a bet. Yeah. I have an idea. Do that again. But my point was true. He could not make that leap without a cottonmouth fixing to bite him because the yeah. old adrenaline is something. That's you know. why I was telling you. I, I looked up. I don't even remember how, how I, I got away. But I said he all, was leaping and you were blacking out. That's the only difference. <laughs> I just don't remember. That's a, I don't black out when I. But I just it, it, I I move in a hurry. <laughs> but you know, I, I mean, you know where I was going with that. I thought back to the garden and the snake, yeah, we and we were having the garden, fun, you know. And and it, it, you don't put your hope and trust in things anyway. And the relation, it's more about the relationship. And I thought about you know in the Book of Romans, we're going to study that. And the least read chapter in the book of Romans is chapter 16, which is the last chapter. And Paul, he goes through this long list, the whole chapter pretty much, thanking people that he's met along the way that have contributed. And it really is the same principle on all these churches that are meeting in various locations. And male and female, there's two women who risk their lives. There, you know, he starts off saying in sixteen one, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church, in where I can't pronounce that. I asked you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints, and to give her any help she may need from you, for she has been a great help to many people, including me. And then he he goes to the next, which you know you've heard of Priscilla. And Aquila or Aquila, as else is, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, they 
in Jesus. They risked their lives for me. Then it goes to the, the next part. It says, uh, greet my dear friend who was first converting Christ in the province. He was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. Greet Mary who worked very hard. And it just it goes on and on and on and on. And it's the same concept in that the church is made up of relationships, people who are connected with God, and they use whatever resources they have to keep that going up. That's the big picture. So when you when you look at it in light of finding stuff, the greater story that's going on is meeting people, hopefully introducing them to Jesus, hopefully establishing churches that are not tied to some building, but more a group of people, whatever the building structure looks like. And so that's what I wanted. I just had a thought about before we even get into Romans, I think it's helpful to read the last chapter first because it seems like a lot of deep theology and you, you're picturing in your mind, here's the Roman church, this grand you know, building built in an incredible transformation of the culture and you get to the end and he's thinking all these people that just seem like ordinary people meeting in their homes and giving of their money and their talents to try to further what they have in Jesus. So I love all the Greek names in there too, which, you know, as you get going down in there, you see some amazing names, by the way, I was going to mention this Chase earlier because the last podcast we talked about, the dendrology being the study of trees. So our crack staff here, uh, looked that up, uh, Josh and dendron is ancient Greek for tree. So, yeah. So the dendrology or the dendrologist, these guy comes from a Greek root word about tree. That's Hmm. because you know, that word we're like, well, after I said that, it popped into my head that I should have said an arborist, you know, they have Arbor day, which is kind of planetary planetary. Was it John Denver? (laughs) Which look, I ain't, I'm, I'm not hating on John Denver. I love John Denver. Rocky Mountain High. And thank God for a country boy. My question, I'm a country boy. My question, if you are in fact a bona fide certified (laughs) dendrologist, (laughs) another appeal, I, I would love to know where did they come from? In your humble opinion, your study dependent, because you're a dendrologist, you're studying them. Where did they come from? Yeah, that's good. did salt water make them too? <laughs> no. Did did no. Uh, did molecules? You come know what? Together? They're they're actually going to agree. Uh, they're going to say the dirt. Yeah, come out of the dirt. The dirt. The dirt made them. Well, that's where they came. You said where they come from? They're going to say the dirt. They it's the obvious dirt. answer. But you have to have the dirt. You would have to have some type. You gotta have a starting well, point. I agree. Seed. You gotta have the starting. You, you, point. I'm on your team. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm seeing I'm a little acre. I'm seeing a little acre, and, <laughs> and it's a little round thing. And you know, pin oak again is about like this, Al. Just yeah. about like that. And I'm looking at the thing, throwing some dirt, and I see this. I'm like, what in the world did that thing turn into? What I'm looking yeah. at that came from it, it just doesn't seem possible because a squirrel to eat the acorn, it's. But then yeah, every year for the junior high, when and I you look at it a hundred years later, I, and it's producing thousands of acorns, yeah, it's making other it's, ones, and I'm saying it's a good. Point. There's there's some raw power going on there. Hang on, let's take our last break, guys. Now, where did that come from? Every year when I taught the junior high, I'd bring in an acorn. We would look outside because salt water couldn't have made it because salt water <laughs> kill an acre. It, but it, I'm it, telling you, Phil, they're gonna say you're you're missing my point. They're gonna say, "Well, you believe we came from dirt, so you have to have an answer for that." It's who made the salt water? So we might have come from salt water, but it would have had to Where'd be the salt water. Go? It would have to be God. I mean, technically, because the dirt got mixed with the salt water. I mean, I, I'll I'll work with you on it as long as we agree that God above created that to happen i'm leaning that way yes <laughs> design man demands uh designer because the spirit of god was hovering over the waters like we talked about so yeah. he was there i mean i would yeah so i just wanted to bring that point up to say that most people when they have a bible study you know missy said something to me recently that really made me think she was part of a community bible study where they were like let's set our religious differences aside and let's 
to study the Bible. And she said there were hundreds of people that, that attended this, but they all broke up into small groups. And no matter where you were from, or she said most religions were represented there, but she said what, what she noticed after a while, and they studied the book of Romans is why I'm bringing this up. She said, what I noticed is that every conversation that we had was centered around the church building. So it's like you read the verses and you discuss them and you talk about them. Case in point, she'd say like, if you were talking about being a servant to, or being humble to other people, well, all the comments would be about looking for opportunities at the church building to do this. For the two or three hours you're there. Yeah, she said, what, what was incredible to me, she said, I never noticed it before, that it just took her a few weeks to realize nobody talked about the times in their real life. It's like we're here having a Bible study. We're studying the book of Romans. We're making practical applications as it only relates to the two hours that I'm part of the church and right now. Right. And she's like, that. that's why I concluded, and, and she's the one that brought that up. When we read, she's on Romans 16, this seemed like when you read this chapter, these people were living for Jesus every day. Because that's a great the, point. Because the first <laughs> sentence, we're back to the book of Acts, we're back to Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, this Jesus shows up. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle for one reason, and set apart for the gospel of God. Mm -hmm. That's the whole book of Romans. That's the whole book of, you leave Acts, you say, what was the focal, the focus, the book of Acts? Jesus died. Jesus came in flesh. He died, was buried, and raised from the dead. The book of Acts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, I'm going to die, be buried, and raised from the dead. They're like, you're going to do what? And he repeats that from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then records what Jesus said actually happened. Yeah. Well, so my you, point get is, Romans, if you, you get to Romans, you get to Romans, he said, I'm set apart for that right there. Right. And what I'm saying is the focals, the focal point of a series of points, the 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 flow of each sequence of events always points to Jesus coming in flesh, dying, being buried and raised. But my from point the dead. is, Phil, if you <clears throat> only shared that on Sunday morning or at at, at church in quotations. Oh. They, they, You're missing the point. This was a movement of people, which is why I told that all about the metal detection. I'm like, the goal here is not to put a bunch of silver in a box. The goal is to meet people and try to show and share the ultimate treasure, which is Jesus, right. and the benefits of, of that. Romans 1, 1 tells you what the creed is. To see the Bill Creed, but you say, where does it start? Well, it needs to start with all of these guys before us were set apart for the gospel of God. And actually, the first 11 chapters of Romans is basically just a deep dive into what you just said. That is correct. So Paul explains it in a in a very you know deep way. Everybody, he's going to start in verse 16, Romans 1, 16, which is the name of our podcast, that's by where the we way. we got our name from. I'm not ashamed of the what gospel. Well, you said that's what he started with. Well, do you read through it? It's it's over and over and over and over. Jesus died, was buried, and raised from the dead. The first from 118 to about 320, 321, is a group of individuals worldwide of all the peoples on earth and their condemnation without this. Right. Without the gospel, here's, here's where you are. So he, it's the doctrine of condemnation, 118 through 320. You're like, it's a brutal read yeah. on what life is like for a human being without the gospel well, of God. It just really explains what we first brought up about the garden, about the curse of sin. Jace, to your point, uh, I think it's really interesting because um, people are listening to this podcast 
on a Friday. A lot of them are at work because mm-hmm. I talk to so many people. They got their earbuds in. They're working a job where they can listen to what us. Mm-hmm. So you're at work on Friday hearing these spiritual truths and stories and stuff we tell to impact the people around you. And it is. It's working. So it, it is out of the building. It's got to be where you work. It's got to be baptized where you live. Well, where you play. We baptized four people yesterday, and they were from four different states. They came from four different places, and they came, and they said, we came here for one reason, <clears throat> because our faiths, we heard it on y'all's podcast, yep. is in the Jesus died for me. I had it written back behind me, on the right behind me in big letters, God becoming flesh, dying on a cross, being buried, raised from the dead. That's all we told them. And I've worked a little bit in the Romans. And I look, whether you look in Matthew, where you would start there, Mark, Luke, John, uh, Acts, uh, Romans, the focus is always on Jesus, who he is, what he did, like he said would happen, what he's now doing, the mediating work, and what he will do. You right. said it's all tied right there. Well, I just wanted to bring up the point when you read this list in Romans 16 about people risking their lives. One of them, it says they were tested and approved in, in Christ. I'm like, how do you, how are you tested and, and approved? Uh, you know, others had people who had worked hard and, you know, it gets to the end and he, and he, he greets someone that says, who's been like a mother to me. And when you start seeing all this, you realize these people were leaning on each other. They were encouraging each other on a daily basis. 24-7. And he gets down to the end. He says, greet one another with a holy kiss. And I thought, you know, you kiss people that you love Mm. and, and that you've been through things with. This was more than some kind of establishment that you're just setting up a camp and you're going to put a couple hours in. Every week. I mean, they were being persecuted. Yep. They were having struggles, but they were not getting off that Jesus Christ is Lord. And to me, that's what I think you have to put in your your normal everyday life and look for opportunities, no matter what, what you're into. And to your analogy, and we'll close with this. There was a little girl that came, walked up to me uh, two Sundays ago, and she had purple hair, which is it stood out. Her hair was purple. It's a, it's a thing now. I said, girl, how'd you get that hair? It looked purple like that. She said, well, you know, what do you think? I said, it's a, it's a wild-looking hairdo. And she said, would you pray for me? I said, sure, I would. I've never seen a girl before in my life. So she said, my, my teeth are killing me. She said, they are, I'm in misery right now. And I said, I tell you what, I'm going to pray for you, and then I'm going to get you to a dentist. And I said, he's going to fix your teeth, baby. Hmm. So I prayed for the girl. I got one of the brothers who meets her. He's a dentist. So I lined it up. She went to him, and he told me later, I said, send the bill to me. He told me later, he said, he said, I may split it with you. Don't worry about it. So he said, but we're going to fix that girl's teeth. So he said her mouth was in terrible shape. So I think he had to pull four or five of them. So the bottom line is we got her out of her misery with these teeth. And you say, what's the purpose of that? Pointed to Jesus. Her sins can be removed, purple hair and all. And he can, he can raise her from the dead. So you said that the purple hair getting in the way of you trying to help this little girl out. The purple hair was not an issue. I didn't care what color it was. <laughs> That's the point of keeping the gospel, the gospel at front and center. <laughs> removed so see, removed were, her sins, you including Paul, the true, true story, by the way. If you were greeting everybody, you could say, and the girl with the purple hair with the new teeth. <laughs> All right, we're done, huh? We're done. we're done. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.